Hello and welcome to the Journeys to Wellness podcast with Jane and Luke. My name is Luke and in this episode we talk about some of the most common difficult thoughts that we experience as humans. And we all experience difficult thoughts and that is totally normal, it's just about what we do with them. Do we listen to them or how do we react? And as we've talked about before, this is the beginning starting to notice how you're feeling what you're thinking and knowledge is power once you start to notice you can start to make more positive choices moving forward these choices or what you do literally changes your brain from these old patterns old ways of looking at the world or old ways of doing things to more happy healthy patterns that you can do to support you to live a happier healthier more joyful and more productive life So I hope you enjoy this podcast. We talk about some of those most common difficult thoughts, what to do about them, give some strategies, give some examples. So I hope you take something away from it. And maybe if that's just something new to practice in your life, or maybe just something to reflect on how you're thinking or how you move through your life. So I hope you enjoy this podcast. And if you're liking it, please leave a review on iTunes. That really helps us out with getting this podcast out there and helping this information to reach more people thanks for listening to the journeys to wellness podcast hello and welcome to the journeys to wellness podcast with luke and jane we're here to support you on your own journey to wellness in this episode we're going to talk about some of the most common difficult thoughts and we've talked in the past about managing difficult thoughts But in this one, we're actually going to talk about some of the most common ones that Jane deals with, with clients, or maybe with herself as well, but that she helps clients with. And there actually are kind of categories of these thoughts, and we go over the type of thought and then also the antidote to it. So understanding, wow, noticing I'm I'm catastrophizing, I'm thinking these things. And then, okay, what uh, what can I do about that once I notice it? So, Jane, do you want to talk a bit about, maybe we can start on a list, or if you have anything more that you want to add? Absolutely, Luke. I think that, I think, and we do, we think so much. And I said in a previous podcast that it's estimated we have Ooh, around 60,000 thoughts a day and many of those are the same ones we had yesterday yeah. and the day before and the day before. So we get into some pretty toxic patterns and not just my clients, myself, my family, my friends, we all do it as yeah. humans. We tend to think the worst about things and one of the therapies one of that I use as a psychologist is cognitive behavioral therapy cognitive meaning thoughts cognitions the mind that our cognitive behavioral therapy our thoughts affect our behavior and so what happens our thoughts our behaviors our emotions they're all interlinked and the developers of cognitive behavioral therapy have come up with some of the, the top 10 to 12 most toxic thoughts that we all have. Yeah. And so that's what I thought would be really cool to talk about today. We might not get through all of them today, but I thought let's just start. Yeah. And, 
as you mentioned, that one of the most toxic thoughts that many of us have is catastrophizing. Yeah. Thinking that the worst case scenario is definitely going to happen. Yeah. And could you give some examples of maybe what that might look like for people? Totally. Well, one example that a friend of mine has, and she has it regularly, she says, when she's got teenage children, a son and a daughter, and she's given me permission to talk about this, so that's okay. She said that both her son and her daughter have got their driver's licenses. They've just got their driver's licenses relatively recently, and they each have their own car, and they go out in their cars. And one of the things that she catastrophizes about is worrying that they're going to have a car crash. Yeah. And so she told me the other day, in fact, that she was sitting at home. She was having a really nice day. Her, <clears throat> I think it was her daughter was out and had said she was going to come home at 2 o'clock. And it was now 3 o'clock. And she texted her and said, hey, where are you? And then she thought, oh, my God, I've texted her. And she was probably driving. And now she's probably looked at the text. <laughs> yeah. And then she heard a siren. Yeah. And so she said, I immediately thought, oh, my God, oh, my God, it's my daughter. She's died. She's had a car crash. She's hit a power pole or she's had a head-on collision. And that siren is going to get her. And then, um, yeah, it was an ambulance or it's a fire engine come to cut her out. And she said she went down this rabbit hole of worst-case scenario, worst-case scenario, definitely going to happen. And then... Luckily, she said, she remembered that she'd had this talk with me about catastrophizing. Yeah. And I'd given her a little handout about finding an alternative thought. Mm. And so in the handout, what it says is, okay, thinking that the worst possible thing will definitely happen isn't really helpful right now. Yeah. So take a breath. So she took a breath and another breath. And I think she said she took about 10 breaths to calm herself down because she was so elevated. Mm. And then the next thing on my sheet is what's most likely to happen? What are the facts of the situation? And she had calmed herself down enough by doing her breathing. And she said, okay, the facts of the situation are that... My daughter has done a defensive driving course so that I, I actually know she is a good driver. Yeah. She's better than a lot of drivers. I trust her. And as well as that, there could be another explanation because I know she didn't have much petrol in her car. Maybe she had to go and get petrol Maybe she just stayed a little bit longer at her friend's house and maybe they went for a burger and and she basically usually never replies to my texts when I ask her where she is. Yeah. And when she went and when she went through all those scenarios, she calmed herself down. Mm. And just as she'd calmed herself down, her daughter's car drove up the driveway. And her daughter 
will hopefully never know. Yeah. <laughs> Although if she listens to this podcast, she might. But they've all they have given me permission to talk about yeah. it because it is such a toxic thought that we can and it can actually cause mental illness when we really catastrophize over and over and over and over again. Because mm, we know, like they say, neurons that fire together wire together. So if we keep like building and continuing these patterns, we're almost starting to wire our brain to catastrophize. So that's kind of the essence of catastrophizing, mm. right? It's like you're just assuming... Autom- almost automatically that yes. the worst thing is definitely going to happen yeah and like another another really really good example of catastrophizing is walking along the street you see your best friend across the road at their letterbox they look over at you they ignore you yeah and you hold your hand up to wave to them and they just look away and walk inside and 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 many people would think firstly they might go oh that was rude and then they think oh no what did, oh, maybe I've done something wrong oh, when we were together the other day what did I say maybe I said something wrong yeah. and then we can go over and over it, and then we can also have an internal dialogue of god that was rude oh she's such a bitch oh god I don't even know why she's my friend yeah and then but then we can also think, yeah, oh God, they're they're really mad at me about something or what could it be? And oh, I'm not going to ring them. I'm going to wait for them to ring me. And then, then you get a text from your friend saying, hey, just to let you know, I just heard that my mother died. Um, I need you. Can you come over, please? Mm. And suddenly oh, that explains why she didn't even see me because her eyes were full of tears. She was just out at the letterbox clearing the mail, but she was in grief. Yeah. And so we can just jump to the wrong conclusions. Yeah, and so that strategy that you talk about, looking at the facts, well, first, as we always talk about taking some breaths, that's such a powerful way to regulate your nervous system from your like fight and flight or your reactive activation to the rest and digest or more calm and able to see more clearly. And then looking at the facts, what are the facts? And I think the essence almost of that is generally it's not about you. It's normally something that's going on in their life and we automatically assume it's like the the negative bias of the brain that we assume it's about us and we've done something wrong and nine or ten times out of ten that's not the case yeah and for one final example i could talk about an example that i've experienced which is i've just put out my latest video on youtube which i spent like just about a hundred hours of research and editing and put so much effort into it and it's it. brilliant by the way it's <laughs> yeah wonderful i put it out there and I get like a couple, well, I actually had a few people that were like, oh yeah, this is cool. But I'm like, oh no, everyone's hating it. No one, no one's messaging me saying this is good. And my mind's going like, oh yeah, everyone's judging you. They're thinking that you're stupid for trying to put yourself out there or you're for trying to share this information and no one's going to see it. And it sucks. It actually sucks. <laughs> like, and then, okay, looking at the facts, like, well, 
what do I know? I've already got great feedback about the stuff that I've done. People like it. I don't, if I'm watching a video, do I normally comment saying this is amazing? Maybe not. I might like it, like whatever, but just, yeah, noticing that and how our brains can tend to just jump. Even though like when you say it out loud, it's like, well, that sounds really stupid. Like, of course that's not true, but how, how we can do that. And as we start to become aware of it or observe these patterns and we can realize, wow, okay, that's actually not helpful. So what is something more helpful? Maybe it's knowing, just knowing I don't have to believe that. I don't even have to listen, like this negative voice. Don't have to listen to it. Absolutely. So, so important. And again, just like you said, bringing ourselves back to the breath as well. Yeah. Really regulating where we're coming from. And your example links really nicely into another toxic thought um, habit that many of us have which is mind reading yeah. thinking that we can read others minds mm -hmm. oh they don't like me oh they didn't like what I put up oh I'm a failure they think I'm a failure yeah. and we're assuming we know what others are thinking and that also links into my example that I gave of seeing your friend at the letterbox I am assuming that I can read someone else's mind. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm not psychic. Um, and most people, even psychic people, tell me they're not, not that good at reading <laughs> other people's yeah. minds. Yeah. So <clears throat> we're assuming something that is not necessarily true. And it's really, really good when we're in an elevated state or a really dysregulated state where we're breathing very in a shallow way to start to go, am I thinking I can mind read? Mm. And an, another therapy that I use, which is a wonderful therapy, acceptance and commitment therapy, says bring some humor into it too. <clears throat> am I thinking I can mind read? And, and laughing. Yeah. Laughing, jumping up and down. No, um, I, I yeah. can't. I'm assuming that I, that I think I know what others are, are thinking. Yeah. And, and instead, again, looking at the facts, what's the evidence? Those are my own thoughts. They're not theirs. Is there another more balanced way of looking at it? Mm. So a mind-reading example, another one is sending a text to a friend and they don't reply and it's a friend that maybe was a little bit mad at me let's say um, and then I send a text to the friend and they don't reply and so immediately I assume oh they're not going to reply they're mad at me they don't want to see me <clears throat> and we can go we can go down a rabbit hole again of all the sorts of things that are going on. And then, and I, and I even have it with clients, a client, I might have sent a text to remind them of an appointment and and then they don't get back to me and I'm, I think, oh, maybe they'll be cancelling the appointment and I'm assuming that. And then the client, I get an email from the client saying, sorry, my phone broke, I couldn't text you yeah i'd love to come to the appointment that's that's a minor one in a way but 
these things happen, but we often assume the worst. Yeah. And so mind reading is another one to be really, really aware of. Mm. And just just starting to have that awareness. Yeah, so maybe, oh, am I thinking that I know what other people are thinking? Oh, my friend hasn't texted back. They, yeah, they're thinking... Oh, I hate this. I hate you. <laughs> I hate them. Yeah. Like, whatever it is. Mm. Yeah. Or even, you know, even I have, um, in, in my life, uh, clients or people, not necessarily a client, it could be a friend that says to me, I'm really mad at my mother in law because she didn't get back to me about something and. The, and and you know we might be have all these mother-in-law ideas all these thoughts go through our head and then again and I was mad at her and then found out that actually she'd fallen over and broken her hip so she couldn't get back to me so yeah. really this is such an important thing noticing this is what I'm doing mm. and and noticing is it working for me thinking like this and often it just isn't noticing dropping down into the body. How does it make me feel? Yeah. When I'm catastrophizing or mind reading, it's so that my shoulders are tight, my jaws tight, mm. might have a, a stabbing feeling in my tummy, all these things. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So noticing that and like, again, the inspiration can be like, as you notice these things, you're literally starting to change your brain. Mm. You're starting to become more yeah. aware and it's making it easier each time. Mm. You mm. start to notice and if you make a change, even if that's taking a breath or noticing, wow, I'm, my, I'm all crunched forward over my phone, like standing up tall, moving my shoulders back, letting go of my jaw, breathing down into my belly. Or maybe, oh yeah, and no, I've I've been on social media and I'm comparing myself. I that's maybe another yeah thing we could talk about. Absolutely. But like we've talked about before, maybe that's okay. Not nah, turn off the phone, turn off the TV, turn off the computer, go outside for a walk. Mm, yeah, and also remembering as well, even if the worst case scenario does happen, because sometimes it does happen. Yeah. But we don't know that in that moment. Like, as my friend said, even if her daughter had had a car crash, in that moment, she hadn't. She was sitting at home. She was happy. She was reading a book. She was having a coffee. She was having a really nice day. In that moment, it was okay. Mm. And then something else that my friend said was she, her little mantra that I'd helped her develop she started to use her mantra, which was, even if the worst-case scenario did happen, I will cope. Mm. I will get through this. And thinking, what do I have control over? I've got no control over my daughter right now. I've got no control over where she is or what she's doing. What do I have control over? I've got control over myself, what I can do, my breathing, mm. my thoughts, managing my thoughts, looking at the facts, and and I will get through this no matter what happens. Mm, so you can 
if even if you can't control what other people are doing or anything, you can always control how you feel and how you choose yeah. to react to yeah. any situation. Yeah. And and you mentioned the compare and despair, which is another toxic yeah. thought that we all have. And yeah, let's talk about compare and despair because often we would we we especially with social media we see what other people are doing or we hear what other people are doing and we think wow they've got such a good life we see on facebook or instagram that uh, such and such and so and so's had an amazing holiday down at queenstown mm. and they've been skiing and we might despair and go, oh, I'd really like to go to Queenstown, but I can't afford it, or I'm working too hard, or whatever it is. And then noticing again, starting to notice, ah, oh, this is really toxic for me. I'm doing that compare and despair thing. Yeah. It's a thing. Yeah. Do I need to do it? And then what would be a more balanced and helpful way of looking at it? Mm. So, for example, I had a client that said, I don't want to go to Queenstown. I don't like skiing. Why would I want to go to Queenstown? <laughs> yeah. And then thinking, yeah, but I, I really like the warm, so I would, I'd like to go to the far north, and I don't have a lot of money, so I'm going to start a savings account. And then she turned it. Around, she pivoted her thoughts, yeah. and I really like that word. She pivoted her thoughts mm. and turned it around. And to this day, she still doesn't quite have enough for where she wants to stay. She's looked up different accommodations, but she'll get there because she's now got a really cool goal. Yeah, and so, like, we have talked about in a previous podcast about self care. And I feel like another thing is often maybe if we're comparing ourselves, it might just be because we're not feeling like we're looking after ourselves and oh, I need to go on this holiday or I need to, I need to get a new car so people think I look cool. I don't, I don't know what, whatever it could be, but again, like we talked about it in that podcast, but looking after ourselves and doing things to make ourselves feel good. And you can go, if you want to learn about some of those things, you can go listen to that podcast, The Science of Self-Care. But when we do these things to feel good, we might be, oh yeah, like I'm, I'm good right now. Right here, right now. And I don't need, I don't even need to think about going away. Like make your life, like what would you want to do on a holiday? Mm. Like have a bath, do some yoga, like eat some good food. Go for, a walk, go for a walk in the bush. Yeah, yeah, and have some time to relax, read your book. And you could even just make time at home mm. in the weekend, mm. in the evening, instead of just sitting on t watching TV or on your phone or whatever. Mm. Yeah, that sounds like quite a good idea. I might try that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Cool. Mm. And another 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 interesting thought or another negative thought can be it's we call it the mental filter yeah and it's like am i only noticing the bad stuff um again like you said we have a, a negatively biased mind as humans and often we do only notice the bad stuff 
and I like the mental filter is like almost like I'm putting my gloomy sunglasses on. Yeah. Am I putting my gloomy sunglasses on so I can't see the positives mm. and and really noticing that what is more realistic? Is there any good stuff happening? And what I recommend to my clients is really drilling down and finding what is the good stuff? What is something good that I did today? Yeah. And really thinking about what is something I can be proud about today. Mm. And it can be as simple as I took the time to go for a walk, even if it's a five-minute walk. Yeah. Or I took the time to clear the bench. It only took five minutes. But I can be proud of that because I was sitting there looking at it going, oh, look at that. Um, just so useless. I can't even keep my kitchen tidy. And then thinking, okay, five minutes. Just see what I can do in five minutes. And then going, wow, I'm mm. proud of that. That's awesome. Yeah, so do I have the gloomy sunglasses on? Mm. And you can take them off. And yeah. like you say, like, thinking about things like it's almost gratitude is the antidote mm. for that yeah what am i grateful for and something that i learned from one of an amazing teacher muji who i went to see last year he said thank you is the greatest mantra and you can even just start this as another simple tool is if you're just sitting there and you're thinking oh there's nothing i'm grateful for oh, i'm in pain everything sucks and just start saying thank you even if you're just like, thank you, thank you. And even if you're angry, thank you, thank you, thank you. And just keep saying it, thank you, thank you. And then just notice, thank you. And maybe something comes, thank you. Oh, thank you. Wow, thank you for this beautiful house that I live in. Or thank you, thank you that I have somewhere to stay. Wow, thank you. Thank you that I get to eat food each day. Wow, noticing how you're feeling in your body. Wow, thank you that... I have maybe have a healthy body and that I can move. Thank you. Thank you that I can breathe and just let it build and see where it goes. Mm -hmm. And maybe, well, thank you. Thank you for my family. Thank you for my friends. Mm -hmm. And just noticing it'll be different for everyone. But that's a great way to start. Even if you're not feeling any gratitude, mm -hmm. you can just start by saying thank you. And even if they're angry at their family or angry at their friends, they might have a pet. Yeah. Thank you for my cat or my dog or my yeah. pet mouse or the starlings in the tree or something. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Or the sunshine. Yeah, thank you. It's a sunny day. Wow. Mm. Oh, cool. It's a sunny day. I'll go for a walk or mm. go for a run, bike ride, exercise. Yeah. Mm. yeah, cool. Have we got time for another thought or how are we um, doing? I think... We might have time to quickly do one more. So one one really powerful one, which is critical self. Yeah. Which is we often beat up on ourselves. And I love Joe Rogan, who's the world number one podcaster. He talks about his inner bitch. Yeah. And we often have, we all have a, a level of inner bitch who's beating up on us. You did that wrong. Why did you do that? Oh, you're useless. Why did you say that? And I, critical self, an internal bully, is very heavily wired into many of us. And it's so important to remember that as well as an inner bitch, we've also got an inner angel. Yeah. 
she or he is there and they're kind to us. They're self-compassionate. They ask us to look at how we can reframe something and say, what would someone who's kind say about that situation? And we can give ourselves some self-compassion and 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 just be nicer and kinder to ourselves again, looking at the facts and thinking, actually, you know, what I said wasn't as bad as I'm I'm saying, or when I do yoga or when I dance around, I feel better. So maybe I'll go and do that, have something to eat, and then I'll think about it again. Yeah. Yeah. And critical self, I uh, something that I think is really, really cool is the acronym HALT, H-A-L-T, HALT. When we're in critical self, HALT. Am I hungry? Am I angry? Am I lonely? Mm. Am I tired? So thinking, if I'm hungry, go and have something to eat. Am I still critical? Am I angry? Again, go and have something to eat or go and do some star jumps, do some breathing. Am I lonely? Okay, call someone, call a friend, call a therapist, call call someone. Am I tired? Take a rest, look mm. after myself. Yeah, so those are kind of, especially the hungry one, like maybe I haven't eaten and I'm just, I don't know why, but I'm feeling grumpy. That's, that's very common. Mm. Yeah, awesome. So we've covered a few of the most common what would you say like negative yeah thoughts. negative thoughts that we have yeah yeah and some good strategies to overcome them which again as we talk about it is often just noticing it and then making a change and that is starting to rewire your brain in a more positive way and starting to free yourself from the past and these old ways of doing things and moving towards a more sustainable, happy and healthy way that's going to help you to live a more joyful, balanced, happy and healthy life. And it's really that simple. And often we can overcomplicate it. It can really be that simple. Mm. Awesome. So thanks for listening to this podcast. Hopefully you've maybe taken something away from it, maybe reflected on some of your own thoughts or patterns or maybe learnt some new things to try to support you in your life. Thanks for listening to the Journeys to Wellness podcast and we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Journeys to Wellness podcast. Changing your mind, changing your life, understanding some of the most common difficult thoughts that we experience. I hope you've maybe taken something away from this or feel inspired to try some of the strategies or tools that we talked about with understanding these thoughts or even just start to reflect in your own life, maybe noticing where those patterns are or these thoughts in your own life, how they come up and how you deal with them and starting to move towards more positive ways of moving through your life. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave a review on iTunes or even just share it with your friends, with family, anyone that you know that you think this might help. That's super helpful for us in helping us get this out there, reaching more people and sharing this information with more people that might need it. So thank you for listening to the Journeys to Wellness podcast. We'll see you next week with another episode.